We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. Fucking thing sucks. All right. It's a live show for this week. This week we got myself, Mike, he, him, and potentially Ward, he, him, from the Turn Leftist podcast. We got Nick, he, him, from the Intervention podcast. We got Brandon, he, him, from the Cars of Comrades podcast. We got Rick, he, him, from Decolonized Buffalo. And we got Jared, he, him, our comrade from Australia. And we got Jamie. Jamie, she, her. Just at the last yeah, second, she just jumped in. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I like how excellent timing. I like how everyone's like, oh, yeah, from this podcast and that podcast and this podcast. And it's like, and Jared from Australia. (laughs) (laughs) I think you're you're well known enough to our friends at this point that uh, you are a name among yourself. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight is uh, Jared being hot and sexy and just being a name. (laughs) Yeah, it's all in the haircut. Um, So I'm not sure if Word is actually going to be able to jump in and it looks like he's having some computer troubles, but... I wanted to, uh, the only thing I brought tonight was just to talk about the U.S. kind of lashing out in every general direction uh, militarily. It seems like, uh, I, I think there was a headline that just said it best, can the U.S. wage war, or can the U.S. take on Iran, China, and Russia at the same time? And it's like, hey, <laughs> it, it could try. alert, the answer is no. <laughs> oh my God, it just does not seem wise. And I think so the I real thought... question is, is the U.S. willing to try to take on all of those countries? Yeah. Sadly, the answer is yes. Um, so what did I put in the, uh, let me see. Oh, I, I put it in the wrong channel earlier, but I wanted to go over a couple of talking points. And I did also save some choice comments from some Reddit comment sections about like any article regarding Russia and the Ukraine situation. And just seeing the way that people are just openly fucking fascist at this point, like calling Russians orcs. Yeah, just like the worst kind of dehumanization of this enemy that the U.S. does not even admit is what they're waging a proxy war against. But it seems that even the citizens are willing to admit that that's what's going on. And they're just treating the idea of Russian people as just like subhumans. And it really blows my mind how quick we got there, that this is just like what's going on, on the Internet. Sorry, I'm stalling for time because I'm looking for these talking points that I put in here and I can't find any of it. So, uh... yeah, I mean, Brandon mentioned the uh, the Haiti thing. That's something I think we can get started on talking about. Right. Obviously, we have the UN being called upon by, I guess, the puppet, you know, president of Haiti, essentially like the US installed US backed president calling on the UN to do quote unquote peacekeeping efforts, right? In the face of looks like to me like, you know, a people's uprising, right? But it's being characterized as some kind of like gangster activity, right? So, you know, it's then it's kind of like a uprising against this person that really hasn't is there only the result of an is an assassination attempt or no an assassination right of somebody that was democratically elected before, um, but now you know of course they're trying to gaslight gaslight everybody into thinking that oh here we are you know here we go again spreading freedom and democracy right I think Canada dropped a uh, military transport of vehicles, um, and like the only thing that I want to say here is and this is kind of a talking point i took from claire daly who's that uh irish mep and she just said something like you know the u.s france just western europe broadly they've never forgiven haiti for you know the being the first state to actually overthrow slavery right the first like black-led state to actually get rid of it in the western hemisphere and to me, it's just when she said that, it just clicked with me. And it's just like, it's just yet another example of how much white supremacy is built into this system and how much it is a pillar of, you know, capitalism and imperialism, right? And Haiti is just, it, it just continues to serve an, as an example of that, right? Yeah, I just think it's interesting how the f- whole framing of what's been going on in Haiti has been about gangs and like we the sort of racialized element uh, in that is very, very interesting and also disgusting uh, because it is like, it is very, very clearly a popular uprising, but pretty much most of the articles you look at are characterizing it as we need to deal with these quote unquote gangs. And it's like, you're talking about a country of um, black people basically. And it's like, this is very much like they're writing it for an American, like a white American audience specifically to bait them into being like you know this the same sort of reactionary and racist ideas that they they hold so close to themselves it's just it's just so blatant and disgusting and it's like i i really was quite shocked that they went 
that far to literally just be like, because I, I haven't seen it been used in like, I know in other contexts in like the Middle East, when there's a popular uprising, they'll be like, oh, it's it's uh, Islamic terrorism or something like that. But um, it's just interesting that when they do it in a black, it happens in a black country, it becomes gangs, you know. I've seen it in the international media, but what I wanted to point out is like in contrast, if you look at the, like the Haitian media, the way that they're framing it is that we're preparing for an invasion. Like we're getting invaded again. And if you read like their media, they're not viewing it as like there's crime and things are needing to be addressed. It's the rest of the world is invading them to come get involved in their dealings. And that's just sort of the, the framing that I'm seeing. At least I always try to like when there's a, an uprising or some kind of response to, to look into like the local media of what how they're reporting and their framing. Because of course we can expect the international, you know, liberal, you know, media conglomerate to pitch it as what's sellable, what honestly, what supports the military-industrial complex. That's that's what we can expect. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So, I'm not as up to speed on this as I should, but I have seen headlines where I have not been able to look into about finding oil reserves in Haiti. Does anybody know anything about that? No fucking way. <laughs> I th I saw it and I assumed it was parody. Because it, the timing would be too on the nose. But I did see something about that. That's why I'm asking. That sounds like the onion. But also I wouldn't be surprised. And no, I think it, it just reads like regular headlines now. No, but yeah, I think I saw point. that too. And it was like <laughs> that the oil reserves that have been identified there are comparable to Venezuela. I could be incorrect on the country. But it's one of these countries that really relies on you know, oil. No yes. fucking was, shot. No shot. Absolutely no fucking shot. You got to be kidding. That's insane. I don't I don't know if it's real or not. I'm 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 not somebody who's just going to like say like yes this is happening. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it just up. but at a at a glance I saw cuz somebody was ju juxtaposing like 3 days after they released like it's the largest oil reserves outside of like Venezuela or something. Uh 3 days later it's like we're invading Haiti. It's like well, yeah, these gangs are really a problem all of a sudden. <laughs> So just I just Googled it real quick, and it looks like a lot of this is from like 2010. Um, okay. That, you know, this from 2010, one of the headlines I'm seeing is well, that this Haiti quake may have... It takes a lot of time to have, justify a proxy war. Yeah, but it's saying oh, this it quake that happened may have revealed <laughs> oil reserves. And then in 2019, we have an article from the New York Post saying Haiti's resources are limited by their unstable government, right? So it's like, we better go help them stabilize and make sure that they can get the full benefit of those resources, right? Yeah. It just goes to show the immortal science being proven correct once again. There is always a materialist, a materialist reason for everything happening. It's not about like... It's never, never, never about like freedom, democracy, or whatever the fuck. Wait, no, Jared, are you sure it's not because Putin is literally Hitler? It's because Putin is literally Hitler. Putler. Adolf, Wait a minute. Adolf Wait, I'm pretty sure it was because Ukraine has Nazis and we have to go save the Ukrainians from the Nazis. Yeah. We have I mean, to go save the Ukrainian Nazis. That's what it is. Wait. That depends on which media outlet you're speaking to, but some variation of that is true. You know, it's not like one of the uh, presidents has swastikas on his bracelet and clear broad daylight or anything i'd love to give a little update we have we've had a little update here in los angeles since we the last episode or i think it was the one before when the nuclear local politics episode that we did we were talking about la city council there was an explosive bombshell racist audio that leaked and our city council president has since resigned as president um, and then it went further that they protested her to the point to where she resigned completely from the council. Um, the other two male city council members, however, refused to resign. And now BLM is literally camping in the front yards of these politicians. Just a quick update. I think we should combine I, the two topics. Yeah. Russia should invade Los Angeles. That's my take. We and free, and free I, them from the fucking fascists that are in power there. Can I get Soviet-era Russia? Because the current Russia is not the one that we need. Yeah. I don't know. You ask, these, you ask some Pat Sox. Apparently, they have, they're huge fans. They're huge fans of uh, the Russian Federation. 
That's uh God, tell me about that comment section of that meme that we dropped today. Yikes. Yeah. What's this CPS you uh CPUSA involvement with the Pat Sock movement? What is that relation? Because I see a lot of dialogue on that. Is there any? I don't know. It's it, from that, my, I'm, it's, I'm not from America, obviously, but I speak to a lot of people in America who are in like these American communist parties, and it seems to me like a lot. I don't know, just outside perspective, it seems a lot of American communist parties are the worst, and they like they like um have like fallen into that rabbit hole, and it seems like more of them have than haven't. Um, and and not the whole party, but like just they have like individual groups within them who are like sort of either pat socks or pat sock adjacent and i think that when the ukraine uh when the ukraine war sort of kicked off that sort of brought all that stuff to the forefront where it might have just been like bubbling away in the background um i mean it's happened it's happened here a little bit as well but not to the not to the same extent hmm. yeah i find it frustrating that like there's very few people outside of pat socks and fucking republicans who understand what is actually going on between Russia and Ukraine right now. And they're all they're all saying it for all the wrong reasons because they have no effect on the situation whatsoever and they just want to be anti fucking democrat. But there's Which like actual like awesome. Well, I mean, yeah, be anti democrat, but like don't be fucking pro republican. Like yeah. you're to- you're totally missing the point of being anti bourgeois electoralism if you're going to be pro fucking maga. Like that's the whole it drives me nuts, but like I don't like being in league with them even on this fucking issue. Even if it is for all the wrong reasons, and it drives me nuts. Like I don't like all the fucking people who have like just Z in their profile and the Russian flags. It's like, yeah, you're just a fucking patsock, and that's annoying. That like that's such a, a signifier because you know it actually is good to like see an army that's wiping out some literal neo Nazis. I don't know. It, it's just yeah. it, it. I should not be surprised at how quickly the liberals sided with the fascists and NATO, and then tell themselves it's different this time after having seen the recent evidence of the exact same lies being used. Uh, like, the fucking Viagra shit came out again today. Like, that's a fun oh my one. God. Like, But, like, the, the liberal shit. shit is becoming, like, apologia. Not, they're not, like, there was a point, I think, where it was, like, denialism of, like, oh, you know, it's not as bad. And now it's just apologia. And, like, you mentioned the Wagner group earlier, right? And it's like, well, Russia has them too, so, like, let them fight to defend their homeland, right? Like, let let those Nazis fight because they're defending Ukraine. It's like... Okay, yeah. we're not even denying the existence at this point, right? Hold on. What's this Viagra thing? Uh, it's the Viagra Group, a, uh, a Russian <laughs> uh, military organization. Um, they're very threatening to the Ukrainians because their dicks are so hard at all times. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's what they, the shit they use in uh, Libya, right? Like where they said, you know, Qaddafi's armed forces were, you know, being provided Viagra by the state to you know, basically promote terror through rape and they were, you know, given Viagra to do so. And now the yep. same, the same headlines are coming out saying that, you know, the Russian state is providing its soldiers with Viagra so that they can, you know, rape Ukrainian women in this terror campaign. And so, it's just as true as the babies being thrown out of incubators and the weapons of mass destruction. It's all yep. just as equally bullshit. So it's all right. moral panic tactics. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. I think the print like no, I think the most like principled sort of Marxist take on the Russia Ukraine situation is to not support either side at all um and under- just understand the causes of the conflict and the fact that it's a inter you're talking about a uh, uh not a it's not really an inter imperialistic war but it's definitely an inter capitalist war wait where... wait are you are you saying that the the socialist stance is to be anti war yeah, apparently. Oh um, my god, who would have guessed that? <laughs> yeah, but anti-war means that you have to put a Ukraine flag in your bio and then temporarily support NATO so that you can beat back the imperialist Russia that is um, also doing fascism um, against the entire race of Ukrainians, even though, like... Okay, that's actually a question. I, I have a legit but question. It sounds like fascism with extra steps to me, but go on. What is the... Where Russia's is it that... trying to do a whole new Holodomor. Where have they said that they want to exterminate all the Ukrainians? Because I have not seen, like, Putin or the Russian state saying that. Like, I've seen Article 16 of the Ukrainian Constitution that says a lot of weird shit about, like, securing their genetics or their race or whatever it is. However they phrase it, that's really strange. But, like, 
I have not seen Putin demand anything other than those two territories and like Ukraine staying out of NATO and basically going back to like pre-2014 era relations, right? Like, I think that's all that's being demanded. Yeah, I mean, and like, just to that point, like, Jared's definitely right. And like, obviously, we need to be anti-war. But I think part of the analysis is you have to place the comparison in terms of like world power. Like, you have to be very clear eyed about that, right? Because in terms of imperialist aspirations and things like that, I mean, whatever Putin may have, I don't know. I don't, he can't even do it. Like, even if he is the monster that they painted him as and that he would continue to roll through like Eastern Europe and Poland and everything like that, he cannot do that because of how the world is situated right now with the US as the global hegemon with 900 military bases and NATO at its beck and call. Like, it's yeah. just reality. You know what I mean? I don't know his personal ambitions. I don't know the ambitions of the Russian state, right? Like, it, I don't think that he would necessarily, I don't think he aspires to do that. He just, and he also just can't, right? So I, I, I agree that the framing as like an inter-imperialist, it's, I, I don't think we're quite there yet. You know what I mean? Just because it's not the same. It's not the same as, you know, Germany fighting the UK and France in World War One, right? Yeah, that's why I sort of backed away from saying it was inter-imperialist. Yeah. I think it's a, definitely an inter-capitalist uh, conflict with For sure. imp- with with Ukraine basically being used as a uh, I don't know if a skate. Well, it's a proxy. Can- Ukraine's a proxy at the moment. Cannon it's fodder. Being, They're cannon fodder. Yeah. They're being used in a in a in a, a geopolitical fight between two larger powers. Mind you, one of those powers is much, 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 much larger and much, much, much more imperialistic, the USA and NATO, by far. Like, we're talking like 20, 30, 40 times worse. But, uh, yeah, it doesn't really let the Russian Federation off the hook. They're still a capitalist country and they're still uh, capable of, um, they're still capable of, like, local imperialism uh, towards their neighbors. And they've done that in the past and they'll continue doing that because they're a capitalist country. Um, that bullies its neighbors, but it's um, you, people have to be have no uh, delusions about the the fact that uh, out of both countries, uh, you know, we're talking the NATO and USA alliance versus the Russian Federation. There is a power disparity um, and extent of imperialism where one side is much, much more capable and much, much worse historically than the other, by far, by huge orders of magnitude, and that's the USA. And I just want to make sure to point out, like, Russia's just doing what America's been doing for the last... What about as a... Long. What about as a... Just putting put a, uh, a proxy war in another country, they realize that it's a profitable thing to do, to, to uphold an ongoing military-industrial complex, to just have an ongoing state of war. And... Honestly, that I think more countries are going to start trying to to do that. That it it just builds capital and secures resources and gives you political leverage. And I think that's just going to become business as usual as we enter this like late stage hypercapitalism. I guess just and not to harp on it too much. I guess just one other like major distinction I would draw is that. I think we all agree that we need to like condemn the war and everything like that. But like, whereas the U S has never had grounds for action on the basis of defense. I mean, even in like world war two, I think that's arguable. I think you can make the case that like, while you still don't agree with it, there's at least some basis for Russia to look at NATO expansion into the East and frame, at least have some kind of, there's some veracity to the claim that this is somewhat defensive in nature. Whereas like the U S is always trying to frame shit as like, Oh, we need to defend our freedom. Like it's always been bullshit. And like, there's nothing even close to what this situation has kind of the situation that's been set for Russia in this scenario. Right. NATO's played like a 40 year long game of I'm not touching you. Yeah. Get get your finger out of my face or I'm going to hit you. Who do you who yeah. do you guys think blew up the uh, the news stream? It was definitely Russia, right? I, I I'm excited to see, I, I I America. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, everyone I've had a conversation with about the Nord Stream thing, I've just been like, I've just told them they're like, oh man, isn't it crazy? They like they always say to me, isn't it crazy how Russia blew it up and Russia did this and Russia did that? And I just said to them, 
I'll come back to you in 10 years. Yeah. When the articles come out that say that America did it. And yeah, when like, that shit no, gets foiled in 10 years, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, I'm like, I'm, I know I'm right. Just give me 10 years and the, the mainstream media will admit that uh, America blew it up. Because that's what happens every, literally every fucking time. You just wait a couple of years after people stop caring about it. And then they let the mask clip off and they admit who actually did the thing. Yeah. You know, it's like it's not illegal. If, it's not illegal if the yeah. last generation did it. Yeah, exactly. Like if we find out the last generation committed committed a war crime. We just gotta let that go, I guess. That's yeah, just. I mean, those people are old or dead. Like we can't really bring hold them accountable. Like we'll just we'll just learn from this. Destabilizing the governments of other countries. Break a few that's, eggs. That's, that's what's so frustrating to me about it is that people do not fucking learn. Like they will just in another six months they will be signing up for the next fucking conflict. Like they're going to endorse the invasion of Haiti because of fucking gangs. Apparently, they're going to endorse like some kind of intervention in Iran if it comes to that. Like people do not fucking learn from these things, and they're still not learning even in the process of Ukraine. Like another thing that bugs me about this is the constant Russia is losing. Like Russia is losing really bad all the time they were losing really really bad from day one of the invasion they were losing incredibly bad a month in they were losing much worse after that they've been losing this whole fucking time and yet it goes on and yet they gain territory they lose some then they gain it back it's like does i does anybody i don't understand how people constantly believe the same thing like that sorry brandon what's up oh, no, it's all good i just want to say like from from the second you started seeing videos of like some Ukrainian tractor like towing a fucking Russian tank or whatever like, sunflower grandma whatever it was like everyone's just like see the see Ukrainians are are beating Russia back and I'm like I'm sorry man but showing me one video does not prove anything other than that instance happened like you can find the one video of Ukrainians blowing up a Russian tank and Russia can still plow through the country. And I'm not commenting one way or the other. I don't honestly know the facts on the ground, but like, don't don't find one video and it's 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 confirmation bias. It's I, I found one thing that proves my point. Therefore, I'm right. Nobody I mean, knows it's, what's going it's on on the ground. Like, not a single. It's person funny. This is funny because you're literally saying that they're fighting tanks with tractors, but keep going. <laughs> I mean, they, 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 you look at the articles that came out as soon as the war started, it's pretty obvious that it was never going to go well for Ukraine, and I still think Ukraine's going to lose the war. I mean, when as soon as it started, they they let a bunch of prisoners out of prison and uh, up their conscription and stuff like that and stopped men from leaving the country. That's not never a sign. When you start, when you release everyone from prison to put them into essentially penal battalions to fight a war... That's pretty clear that you're fighting a war of attrition that you're very, very desperate. You're very, very desperate in. So it's like uh, no, no one knows what's happening on the ground really, but it's like it do certainly doesn't really look good for for Ukraine. I would say. Yeah, I mean, it's just yeah, no, like to that that's point. That's a very it's valid just, point. It's just like look at the relative mobilization. Like exactly as you said, Ukraine is throwing everything that they have at this. Like you know. I get it. But Russia, like in terms of like the initial mobilization for the like quote unquote special military operation, I mean it's it's insignificant in comparison to like the defense that was mounted, you know, and that's just like re that's just me as a realist speaking to what 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 we can see um based on what they're doing now. Russia's actually cycling its troops. Like it's actually what while Ukraine's committing every single military age male to the war. Russia's actually cycling troops through. It has the same, like, Russia committed, like, 200,000 troops or something. Although, at the start of the war, they only committed 100,000. So, they invaded outnumbered, which you don't do, usually. So, well, I, again, I want to point out, like, it's a proxy. Like, they didn't, they're not trying to win. As long as they're there, they're winning. As long as they have a presence there, they're winning. I think it's more that it's like limited to some specific areas of Ukraine and they're not necessarily trying to conquer the entire country, although they might have been when they attacked Kiev, but no, I don't think anyone knows what their sort of motives are and how their motives have, have changed, except like the the Russian uh, government. But they my, my point was just that the, um, Ru the Russians are actually cycling their troops through. They have 200,000 troops. And then what they're doing is just periodically 
taking individuals out and taking new ones in to replace them. So they're just like, they're cycling fresh troops. That They have the same 200,000 about their also number, but they're cycling troops in and out. They're able to do that. Um, and now their army is actually extremely uh, experienced and proficient, whereas they probably weren't uh, prior to the war. Because you got to think, the la- when, was the la- when, when was the last time the Russian Federation fought in a war? Syria? Like, I don't know, like, when would they even be doing anything? I mean, yeah, it sounds like we're cheering on Russia, and I don't want that to be the case. I don't think anybody should take that oh. from it. But it's like, I think we just would like people to take a different point of view than just... What I'm really sick of is everybody's just having the same fucking opinion as the New York Times, as the New York mm-hmm. Times op-eds. Like, just just try to form your own opinion in some way, and don't keep fucking copying and pasting the same fucking tweets about, like, Putin is literally Hitler and all this shit, and just thinking that this all just came down to his fucking whims. He just fucking woke up one day and decided to fucking invade Ukraine because he hates Ukrainians. It's like, there's world affairs are more complicated than that. And if you were breaking this down to your armchair psychoanalysis of Putin... <laughs> You are an unserious person, and you should stop having political opinions at all. Like, that's, that's fucking what, ridiculous to be like that as an adult. If I was your mother, Putin. If I was your mother. Oh, my God. Sorry, I know Rick had something to fuck. Yeah, so I think we have to realize that it was the, it's the U.S. That's, that funded and armed, and that is backing, not just the U.S., the, the West as well, these neo-Nazis, you know, the, the, the Azov and all these people. So they're the ones creating this proxy situation whether you know, whichever Russia's fighting or the U.S. is fighting, you know, it doesn't matter because the West is provoking this. So we have to be against, against Western imperialism, right? This is Western imperialism, straight up, you know? It, it's not like, you know, the Azov uh-huh. or these Nazis grew naturally, organically from uh, um, Ukraine without the backing of anybody else. They did, 100%. So we have to be against that. I mean, like, we don't have to be like, oh, we love Russia, but at the same time, yeah. we, we just acknowledge these facts, right? Yeah. So that's, that's, that's so true. That's so, no, I mean, like, literally, it's not even like a war of countries at this point. Like, this, it is a military-industrial complex that runs between countries, and there is a supply chain. It, it's... Like the- Oops, it's sorry. a war of capital. It's literally no. That's that, that's my final point. Like it's a. It's what we're saying is like we're not cheering on one country or the other. It's not even ultimately like a war of country. It's a war of capital and power, and that's that's kind of I guess what we're asking people to see is that this is this is a wide snapshot of the situation. We're not we're not taking sides. Right. I just think that it's like as. You know, communist socialists in the U.S., it's our responsibility to focus our critique upon the state that, you know, we are allegedly responsible for at some level. Right. Exactly. Sure, you know, sure. so they, that's our, that's our, our responsibility. And like the fact of yeah. the matter is that like the, the funding of Nazis in Ukraine isn't even a, a relatively new phenomenon. It goes back to 1953 with Project Aerodynamic when they, the CAI was already in there funding Banderites or whatever in an effort to kind of destabilize the USSR all the way back then. And you can look at the documents. They've been foiled. They're yeah. out there. So it's a like, long we have the documents. Yeah, we have the documents. They've been we, funding Nazis in Ukraine since 1953. We've been hiring Nazis, financing Nazis. It's just, it's US history. It's... What you got, Jared? Oh, uh, two points. So the first one on the on the funding of Nazis or whatever, you, you know, we all know you can just go back a couple of years ago and look at there's like a, abundance of mainstream uh, Western and American articles that just openly talk about Ukraine's neo-Nazi problem and how they're being funded by America. And, and, and they just they admit it. It's not a controversial point or like some hidden like conspiracy theory. They admit that it's like, yeah, America funds and trains these groups. And they were like oh, it's a problem. It was a problem until the war kicked off, and now it's no longer a problem because they're, you know, freedom fighters. Uh, my other point was just going oh, back... Hold on one second. Do you remember talking yeah. about the base, which is, like, literally the English translation of Al-Qaeda, and there would be, like, dudes from the Pacific Northwest in America going to Ukraine to train with the base, which was, like, the far-right fucking militia, and then coming back to the U.S. to start up shit here, and now being in the fucking... What's the one with the white uh, mass all over in the uh, Patriot something or other? Patriot Front? Yeah, or like or something. Or they're the ones that train like, big. They have very yeah. large training programs. Yeah, or and you know we all just know they're fucking in the military and the police as well. But continue, Jared. 
my yeah so my other point was just going back to earlier um when you were talking about everyone having this new york times opinion on the ukraine russia conflict is is and the thing about if i was putin's mother if i was putin's uh uh, femboy wife or something whatever it is but it's like <laughs> it was, it was, it was it, all those articles in australia sounds awesome <laughs> <laughs> striped the australian new york uh, times the new york times down under yeah my my point is just that the, the the liberal all they have they don't have a materialist understanding of what's going on like we do where we look at what the reality of what's going on and how this is like an unwinnable war for ukraine and we understand the conflict of uh, great powers that is going on and ukraine is being used as a proxy that's what we understand the liberals all they have is uh putin's personality uh you know personality politics surrounding like putla uh, Putla, and he's like a uh, individual. Well, I mean, he's sort of individualized. Well, let's like, go ahead. Um, Fine. Psychology. Maybe we need a counterbalance. Let's counterbalance. Putin is kind of like he he's he's extremely unforgiving. Un like there's no yield. Like his rule is very totalitarian. Like oh, he's we, definitely shitty, and I'm sure he's shitty. Yeah, as he's, shitty. Sure he's shitty. Fine. Let's bar, counterbalance. Like, if if we're this worried is. about it, would you have? You know, it's kind of weird to me that people say like, if I was Putin's mother, people need to realize that Putin's mom lived during World War II, right? Mm. And she actually lost a child during the Nazi, you know, the, the war with the Nazis. So we, what the fuck? This is kind of a weird analogy. If I was Putin's mother, if I was your mother, if you were his mother, you would fucking understand the problematic shit in fucking Ukraine. Just saying. 100%. <laughs> Don't bring up his mom unless you know what the fuck his mom went through. You know, just saying. Valid. Yeah, and I mean, the other thing that these liberals fail to get is that Putin is the monster, quote, quote, of your own fucking creation, right? Mm -hmm. Because of the, you know, collapse of the USSR, which was, you know, facilitated by the US, right, and chipped away at for years and years and oh, years, right? Sure. And then you get total economic ruin, right? And you got guys like Jeff Sachs, who were kind of the authors of that economic ruin after that actually coming back and saying, hey, the US actually blew up Nord Stream, right? But you have the situation where there's actual destitution. People are losing, literally like losing, you know, years on their lives due to, you know, collapsing medical care, housing, you know, just economic security that the USSR provided, right? Because Yeltsin was a drunk fucking idiot and a lapdog of Clinton, right? So Putin comes along, still an oligarch, absolutely, right? Still a capitalist, but provides some measure of stabilization to the situation, right? And people want to pretend like this guy is, you know, just not popular at all. That's not fucking true. I mean, oh, that's you, definitely you know what I mean? True. He has, he has the main, like, it was like nine, like, 80 or 90 percent approval rating or something at some point like yeah. was the highest his approval rating ever got like his people really like the country supports him definitely resoundingly. i don't know if they still uh chill with putin at the moment um i that i don't know but i know it yeah. he's had all his country's almost full approval like the the polling has gotten as high as like 80 or 90 percent i've read like no, he, he is at all. times uh I don't know how true that is because I often have a hard time sussing out the difference between like propaganda that I'm being inflicted with versus like the reality of. But on its face, I, I could believe that because the bar is not very yeah. high if your country is spiraling out of control the way it did after the Soviet Union collapsed. All it takes is one person to step up and not even do that fucking much. Just stop right. the spiral from being quite so severe. And I've heard, I've seen interviews with Russians where they stated as much, like, that, you know, they didn't necessarily, like, criticize him, but they said that he was the only person who was able to keep things under control. And so, yeah, like, it makes sense why the country would like him. Like, he wasn't a great leader. He just kept shit from getting worse. I think that's a really good point. And I think that's another thing that I wanted to bring up, which is, was just the it's almost like a racist kind of framing that people have with when they hear about results from elections in other countries uh, whether it's like russia or you know we've talked about communist countries where there are like overwhelming elections elections that um we can't imagine here in the u.s because people have so little faith in their own political system and they project that onto other places so they just assume that it's because these people are brainwashed or it's like a authoritarianism or some kind of like they're being coerced or forced. And that's what they were saying about the recent elections about Donetsk and Luhansk to 
join Russia was that it was like the since the overwhelming majority of people voted in favor that they must have been at gunpoint. They didn't have any evidence for it other than propaganda. Okay. From the so my my site would be Statista, um, the website Statista.com. Um, they did poll the popularity in September of 22. Um, they said that it exceeded 80 percent, but there was a decline after the announcement of the problem, the partial mobilization in the country um, after they invaded Ukraine. So, I mean, it has declined. You, I just was saying, like, from my perspective, no, 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 I just wanted to say yeah. just just to yeah. give people some references to what I was pulling out of my um, very, very eclectic sure. reading. <laughs> I mean, working people don't like war, right? Because working people are going to die. So, I mean, it makes sense that people don't want, you know, they don't want to, it's going to decline a little bit when war breaks out. Absolutely, yeah. you know? Um, but like, Mike, to your point, I think it's the fact that Russia is not European enough, or at least not at this point in time, they're not European enough to escape Orientalism, right? Because Seems now... It's weird. Because now, you know, and I'm sure they were, you know, very much European when Yeltsin was there, right? Like our European brothers, right, coming back into the fold. But now they're the Asiatic hordes once again, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, the mind-controlled Asiatic hordes. So I actually, I did not want to spend the entire episode on just talking about the Russia and Ukraine thing. Or even just like any topics that I brought, because I was trying to combine it all into like talking about Russia and Ukraine, but also the U.S. trying to simultaneously stoke war with iran uh china through taiwan and now possibly haiti and uh yeah it just seems like a ridiculous lashing out to me but uh the last thing i will say regarding all that conflict is just please please people check out uh ben norton's multipolarista program check out brian becker's the socialist program both of those are much more serious shows that delve into the details of all this and if you would just like to hear another perspective than what the new york times is giving you or the liberal media is giving you that just like this is all the invention of pootler one day he just woke up and decided to do this unprovoked um also read caitlin johnstone i could definitely like pull up any of her articles and read from them but like we've we spent too much time on just this one issue already um but i did want to ask like since it is tied in does anybody have any opinions or anything about the whole iran thing because that is i think the next most controversial one and I would just say, like, are my, you talking about the honor killing? Uh, I don't know. There's an is honor that, killing now. Well, okay. So this is well, the whole the, thing. It's like the police are saying well, the honor the police. Died. The honor police killed the woman over the her hijab being improperly worn or something. Is that the topic? So that's what's that's what the U.S. media is saying, and then the Iranian police are saying that she just died of some kind of circumstances or whatever that are unrelated to her being arrested, and then all of the and. You know, you could dispute that as much as you'd like. I wouldn't dispute that the Iranian police killed her. It seems perfectly, you know, reasonable to me that police fucking... I'm, I'm not reasonable that they killed her, but, like, reasonable that it would happen. That's what fucking cops do. They kill people. ACAB like doesn't just mean American cops. Exactly. That's that's my point. Sorry. I was phrasing it wrong. But, like... <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, I just don't think the U.S. has any standing to broadcast protests there as if this is something that is not happening in other countries when police kill people, as if this is something outlandish, as if police are not killing people every day here, and as if the U.S. has any standing as to say how police should treat their citizens in other countries. And also as if the U.S. doesn't have some kind of ulterior motive in interfering with Iran for regime change that they have made explicit very recently, like according to U.S. State Department interests. It's like, I just want people to learn from the pattern here. And don't go, you know, SOS Iran a mere, what, a year and a half after fucking SOS Cuba bullshit. It's like people should just learn the pattern here. And even if you stand for the people who are protesting against these authoritarian police and this Islamic regime, whatever disagreements you have with that, the U.S. does not need to fucking get involved whatsoever. Well, Mike, like, I, I think that history would show that the U.S. would never get involved in Iranian politics. <laughs> they wouldn't. They would not. <laughs> I mean, we just overturned Roe versus Wade. We have we have no leg to stand on. Yeah. I mean, this is another thing that goes back to the 50s, right? Like with overthrowing Mossadegh. Like he wanted to national him along with the Iranian people wanted to nationalize the oil, right? And he was actually, you know, he wasn't like, you know, seizing it all or anything like that. He was actually in dialogue with uh, Britain in the U.S. about all this stuff, and they fucking cooed him anyway. And that really was that, along with 
Guatemala set the blueprint for a lot of stuff. So again, this is just it's this is just another thing. The point I'm trying to make here is that this is, you know, in terms of the US's focus on this particular incident, we can talk about the incident, but this is another one that it's just like it doesn't spring up out of nowhere fucking spontaneously, people. There's a long history here that you have to understand why the US is so interested in talking about this all of a sudden, right? It doesn't come from nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not to say that like it's a it's a CIA op that this woman was killed by the police or that they had any kind of hand in it happening. Not that I would put it past them. Do you think the CIA I, I've doesn't been fucking kill a lot people? Of like stuff saying that this is a CIA op and they have their evidence. It's very online, so we'll see how it pans out in the future. But like, yeah, there's already people who are trying to do the legwork to say like, yeah, here here is the C the groundwork that the CIA has laid in Iran to accomplish this. What I do think not for them to take it for them to take advantage of it and spin it to their purpose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they absolutely we know that they have operatives everywhere in the world that they're hostile towards, and they have people just laying in wait to take advantage of opportunities as they arise. It's their whole job, and the U.S. has just the just the funding to keep those people laying in wait. That blows my mind. You know what I mean? Like just how much they must be paying these people to do this and the the infrastructure that goes into it. But like, what strikes me as really odd is how many. Other women have seemingly died right after. And again, that could just be the response from the police trying to quell these riots or protests or whatever is going on there. And then, of course, they get heavy handed in certain places and shit happens and people die at the hands of police. Again, that is what police fucking do. Or it could be that the U.S. has operatives and they say, look, we just need a few more. We need some more blood on the hands of these police to really turn the tide in our favor, to really get the public sentiment. Like, I would not put that past them. How could you put any kind of amount of like dastardly and, and like assassinations past the u.s government do you know what you're up against here like uh. yeah and it's like what goes on in you know saudi arabia right but they're our friends so you know no we need we, we in fact we, we need there. there's, there's, no, there's no calls for regime change there right I mean, they, the saudis literally did 9-11 so it's like i don't know <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's I thought like that was bush yeah i mean and the saudis they all they all did it um it's uh, it's one. I don't know. It's just one of those fucking contradictions, I guess. It's one of those fucking contradictions, mate. That's what it is. Why are there so many of those? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They, they seem to be um sharpening or something. I don't know. It's like no, and like it's just you know, obviously solidarity for with you know women or any victim to you know police brutality, right? And like any violence against working people, it's just that the U.S. Empire ain't the one to fix it, and that's not yeah. what they're about. That's all. That's not why they're going to send anyone over there. And when the U.S. gets involved, that's a huge red flag that whatever you think happened didn't happen the way that you're being told. Like, yeah. Or if it did happen, it's getting manipulated to a for a certain reason in a certain way, right? Do I think that the honor guard just killed somebody for not wearing a hijab? You know, if I just read that news story, maybe it would be believable. But when it got the U.S. motivated to protect the women of Iran, I really quickly pieced together that that was not what the fuck happened. It's not profitable to solve a problem ever. I mean, I think people are just starting to realize like if you can if you can get in somewhere and get involved and disrupt and just have precedent that, that you can fund military operations, you can get the stamp of approval, you can you can like, just cause like harm and that's profitable. Like ca- like causing disruption as an industry. So I did want to sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say it's the only, the only, the only way America's economy can keep the wheels on at this point, and it's always been the case. Is you know the you know the westward, you know the whole thing about the westward expansion right from the very beginning, manifest destiny. It was always about finding new land to keep the wheels on American capitalism. Is you need constant, constant expansion. The moment you stop expanding, you collapse. That's what happens with most empires, and it's especially what happens with uh, capitalist empires. So it, America, to keep the wheels on at the moment, while it's in its fucking t- stage of terminal decline that it is, it, it literally needs to be, and I don't mean needs in any moral sense, I mean needs as in just to keep this shit going, this bullshit system going, it needs to con- continue starting proxy wars it needs to continue invading other countries it just has to continue doing that until uh forever that's the only way they know how to do anything it's the only way they can keep it together at this point so i'm not i'm not at all surprised that uh what i am surprised by is that ukraine isn't enough 
at the moment. I would have thought the Ukraine war would be enough to just be like, all right, we'll just focus on this proxy for now and just do this one, and we'll keep this going for like five or so years. We need to free free the the Taiwanese as well. Yeah, (laughs) when have we ever had? When have we ever had more than one? Is this is this the first time we've done a like a? Uh, Maybe this is a new. Is this a new plan? They were at the if same America time. Was an episode was... of Star Trek. We would be at the part where they say divert all power from life support systems to phasers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's where it's at. Yeah, they're literally just like, okay, well, this is this is working. We could do more than one of these. Let's. Yeah. I guess let's I'm just shocked. Let's turn it up a notch. We have wars to fight. <clears throat> I guess I'm just shocked that while America's at its like weakest point that it's been in in years, it's deciding to take on multiple. Uh, things at once like it's it, it was doing the it's doing Vuvuzela it's do, it was wants to do Haiti now and it wants to do Iran and Ukraine at the exact same time and Taiwan like it wants to take on China as well and it's just like I, it seems a bit suicidal <laughs> like that's what it's so crazy drive. about it right yeah like there's an American death drive going there's on there's a fucking death cult is exactly what it is yeah. when going into COVID i I was infinitely more optimistic than I had any right to be. Not not out of genuine optimism, but I thought that capitalists would understand that you have to have just of enough of a sense of self-preservation to keep going. Like profits re- require like a certain degree of maintenance. You need people to be able to work to make profit. And so I was certain that there would be some like accountability for that where they like okay well we have to do some lockdowns we have to do this we have to do that whatever and they abandon that wholesale because they realize that they could make way more profits in the two to three months short term even if they shot themselves in the foot on a year or two timeline and since that i no longer have any faith in any capitalist's ability to like look more than uh the profits from the next two three weeks a month yeah a quarter. That's all they think about is literally yeah. the quarter. And they're engineering a recession right now. No, well, they're, yeah, they're I mean, talking. No. They're talking about it. You Workers know, <laughs> too much power, baby. Yeah. Like, we can't no, you're, you're just demanding higher wages. Or that's a conspiracy down the theory. What, Mike? That's a conspiracy theory. There were. There's no way they would openly admit that they're trying to raise rates to cause a recession because it's the only way they know to combat inflation. There's no way. I mean, am I going Alex? Am I going Alex Jones again? It would be so easy to convince me that they're pretending that they're causing a recession just so they look like they have control over the situation. I mean, they fucking said it. I mean, like Powell come out and fucking you know he's doing what he does with the rates, right? And if you look at like all the C- like a lot of these big CEOs. I mean, they're talking about it. They're, you know, planning for a downturn. It's not good for already in a recession. That's mm-hmm. what I thought. We have been in for two quarters, but they won't admit it, so it doesn't count. Yeah, it's weird. Just, it's like, we're also not having to pay for inflation. That's not real. Yeah. I did want hey, to... Um, I don't know. I believe the... I believe the strippers. I keep hearing strippers say that there's indications of a, of a recession. <laughs> That, and Jamie, that's actually um, what I wanted to do was I wanted to get more into the local stuff around you because I, I you brought it up earlier just as a quick update, but I want the full update because it has become full on I mean, national news. Like I want to spend time on yeah, it. Like, it's what is going on over there? National because- news. I just, I mean, I, there's people camping in the front yards of these people. They refuse to resign. They're trying to just go on business as usual. I mean, it's just an ongoing developing thing. Um, I brought it up hot quick and and easy because i mean it it just is in a state of like ongoing um so we're hoping that we can we can see some resignation soon but it's starting to look like they're they're really trying to hold on to these seats like i know that at least kevin de leon had um national aspirations he came from national and was coming back and i think he wanted to be mayor next he was hoping to be mayor of los angeles um and Gil Cedillo, uh, he, his term was over soon anyway. He'd already lost his seat in an election that there was only one um, opponent. And so because uh, Unices got the majority vote, Unices is the, is the next city council member for that seat as soon as that seat expires, like uh, like end of this year. But the um, interesting thing is that 
just there is no mechanism current like their their process for removing them for saying extremely racist things on tape there isn't one like there's no te- they didn't break a law so there is no mechanism in Los Angeles's city charter to remove them they have to either like break a law break a rule they have to do there has to be an investigation for it to be actionable so I don't know. It's a, it's a mess over here. Um, beyond that, all I can say is that you know we have really good um, protests uh, that are you know in their front yards. They're they're in front of Kevin DeLeon's front yard. They've already set up tents. They plan to be there for the long haul. Black Lives Matter is there on the ground because I mean the things they said were. I don't know if anybody's listened to the tapes, but I mean the. These were extremely racist remarks by the people leading this this city's government, making yeah. the decisions for districting based on like racism. I heard, um, I heard secondhand, but they were calling like people monkeys and stuff like that. Like, yes, those yeah. are the words. Rick, would you have? Yeah, he. She, uh, I think uh, Nuri Martinez called uh, a little black boy a monkey in Spanish. Right. Yeah. I mean, she went. She these people went full racist on like Armenians, uh, black yeah. people, people, just people in Mexico, straight like stupid shit, dude. I was just like, what the fuck? Like they called uh, be- Mike Bonin. Mike Bonin is a uh, another city council member. Um, he's homosexual. They called him a bitch. So I mean, yeah, well, everybody. They disparaged everybody. It's it's, it's wild so- to me because if you're in an office, like you have to be. I mean, I imagine you have to in, be in LA, with, like with yeah, exactly, with integrity, right? Oh, Not just yeah. in public, but also behind closed doors, right? But these people behind closed doors, they're just nasty. But it shows you the type of um, mentality that people in power have. One, and and then the racism within the Mexican community, the Mexican community itself, because Nuri Martinez is Mexican. Oh, I think she's Mexican, isn't she, or, or Latina? I'm not really sure what she is, but she she calls she's herself a Latina. Yeah, she's Latina, and she did say disparaging stuff about other Latinas, yeah. specifically in my um, boundaries. The constituency is a very large Oaxacan community, yeah. very large Oaxacan, uh, which is like an indigenous um, uh, some of which are also yeah. identify as the Zapotec. It, it, it's you know obviously like not something that i'm familiar with personally but i have heard spoken on and now we have protests and in the street there's a very large oaxacan marches and um you know it's beautiful that to see this and 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 to see that community rising up against that but at the same time it's like they never should have had to hear their leaders you know say these things and it's just think, ongoing yeah, in, so. in los angeles i think uh in los angeles is the largest uh, population of indigenous Mexicans. I think the Zapotec community, right, which comes, I think, from Oaxaca. And I think, um, you know, it's, it's just this this situation is so multifaceted, right? The integrity of politicians, you know, the, the phobias they have, you know, the, the homophobias, the, the racism. And it, it's just the whole, I mean, there's no laws against this, but you don't want these people in fucking positions like the way they are, right? No, any aspir- no, any aspirations not. have any aspirations they have. In my point of view, they're done, right? Your career is done. You might as well just be. never be, be public office again. So, um, fuck them. The end. <laughs> so, Jeff, Jared. Uh, I was just gonna say, I'm not. You know, I I'm not the best source on this, but uh, it just makes me <laughs> it just makes me wonder if um, you know, this is just what we heard about. You know, with these guys, um, we heard this tape. We heard these guys. It makes me want, and this is like the most quote unquote supposedly one of the most lib states in America. And it's like just makes me wonder. Yeah, this was what, not yeah. Texas. This wasn't and like Louisiana. It, yeah, what what this what is what we caught on, on tape, states? and they were this comfortable discussing these extremely important decisions. I can only yeah. imagine how they are when they weren't caught on tape. I'm sure, or maybe this was the breaking point, but like, what else was there that decisions were made, developments, you know, allocation of resources, funding parks, like, yeah, this is... My point is what's happening in other states, other parts of America, Uh, what are they saying as well? Because it's like, surely they must 
every sure. single city council or whatever. They're all saying they must all be saying this stuff everywhere. And this is the liberal one. Imagine yeah, yeah. the ones in the conservative states and how their decisions yeah, actually, are made. In some states, they just do this like as a campaign platform instead of hiding behind That's doors. True. That's true. But imagine how fucking vile what those people are saying behind closed doors must be as well. Because if you're up on your campaign platform being like, we need to kick them out, folks. We need to build a wall. We need to do this. What are they saying? If you put a little, if you put a little um, microphone in their office, what fucking even more heinous shit are they like saying? The same shit, but with more exactly. slurs. Rick, yeah. Rick, what did you have? Yeah, so if you know if these progressive liberal people are saying this behind closed door, I can even imagine the people that are openly like super right wing in the government, like that lady Green. Well, I forgot her whole name. Oh yeah, Marjorie Taylor Green. Marjorie Taylor Green. <laughs> She's probably a clan member. <laughs> you never know, you know. <laughs> so I can't like all these. You know, I... like, yeah, it's it's just to me. I think politicians they should have integrity. They obviously don't in the U.S. Cause it's all about your own interest, and then the racism comes in. This whole country is fucking racist. I'm just saying. I'm not saying everybody, but I'm saying a lot. Of, there's a lot of things based on race, and these well, people. It's systemic, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, we have a saying. systemic. And so, so what, now we go ahead. With that, for anybody that doesn't know that, I just want to make sure it's clear. Systemic means that the system's racist, and even in the absence of people, the racism is still perpetuated. Exactly. So please continue. No, I agree. Yeah. That's, that's what the point I'm making. I'm very blunt about it, though. So I think, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's a really shitty situation. I think um, it's it, this is just all over the country in all levels of government. I mean, uh, how how yeah. how racist is is Biden? We don't know. We we I'm very sure no, Trump no, is racist. No, it's very. What's that, Brandon? <laughs> hey, look here, Jack. No, is in fact racist. <laughs> don't you listen to the malarkey here? <laughs> He knows plenty of the blacks. Oh yeah, I forgot about popcorn. <laughs> okay, so also that was in that was in the tapes. Nuri Martinez said, um, you know, fuck that guy, he's with the blacks. And yeah. that was what activated Black Lives Matter. And yeah, so just that. on the record, on this recording, I just I want it to be known I'm with the blacks. That's that's that's, okay, statement, that's my team. <laughs> I know what statement, man. What the fuck? <laughs> You, don't you want everybody to vote for you in your district, not just the people that look like you? What the fuck? It's, that's a it's pretty gross statement. So that's, yeah. that's why they're they're camping in the front yard of Kevin DeLeon. Um, we we do demand a resignation, and this guy just thinks he's just going to keep his job. It's, it's like three uh, or four yeah. solutions that I could offer for his resignation, but like none of them would be legal to keep in the recording. <laughs> Thank you for just <laughs> intimating them. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, at a minimum, like liberals, whether you're a politician or not, are going to require some level of re-education, right? Especially in like <laughs> given systemic racism, right? Like at a bare minimum. Like just the example that I'm thinking of. So I was out this morning doing um like housing aid, right? So, you know, we got linked up with this um mutual aid group they do meal distribution and like necessities distribution and we got linked up with them and they're like a faith-based organization and you know they you know there's some faith groups that do have like good you know community engagement like that's for sure so we got linked up with them and they said you know one thing that we see a lot of need for is like just guidance with housing right so you know we set up a table and we're just talking to folks and we're having a conversation and using like the tools that are available through the city like okay like what's your situation are you homeless are you looking for rental assistance and just trying to like point people in the right direction like call this number email this person go through this email go through this application you know what i mean so like we're going through and like i'm like you know we're in the middle of a park and i've got my laptop out i'm helping people and um you know, I'm, I'm working with somebody to try to get them some information. And uh, there was a couple of people waiting. So like homelessness is obviously like a huge problem. Um, and, you know, we're, t we're talking and somebody comes over and I talked to one of my comrades and I'm like, oh, hey, just remind me, what did they need? Were they homeless, you know, houseless? And this person from this organization comes over and she goes, can't you tell? And I kind of looked at her. I'm like, I didn't, I didn't get their story. You know, she's like, oh, you can tell because they're dirtier. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and I just kind of ignored it and went on. But it's like, 
we're working with these people that are allegedly out here, you know, assuming like some liberal orientation, you know, out here like to help people, but they have fucking hatred, hatred for these homeless people. Hatred. It's like, what are you even doing out here? And, you know, obviously there's, I'm, I'm trying to thread the needle here with racism because as in like almost every city as I can imagine, you know, like our homeless population in Pittsburgh is disproportionately black people of color, you know? And it was just like, this disdain that came out. So, I mean, it's just liberalism. <laughs> they need re-education so bad. And it's so, so, so <laughs> systemic, you know? It was just so, like, disheartening. It was just so disheartening, you know what I mean? To hear, like, this vitriolic hatred coming out of this person, you know? I, I routinely come Disgusting. across people in our, our city that are cleaner than I am. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's funny, because, like, I think that is kind of a defining trait of liberalism. It's you know, this disdain for other that they find self-justification. They find a way to forgive themselves. But I can come out and like make myself feel good and like feel good at night because I came out and gave some time, right? Even though I fucking hate these people, I can, you know, volunteer a little bit and feel good about myself. Like go fuck yourself. Rick, did you have something or did you have to go? No, I, I have something to, something to say. I don't want to interrupt either. So you, I don't know if you want to finish this uh, statement. No, no I'm I, good with that one. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, this is the, the situation. You know, everybody's talking about how liberals do have racist or do have, like, sometimes, like, bad views. But this is exactly what my frustration is when it comes to stepping within the left and teaching them about Native issues and then they, them saying like really stupid shit. I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? Like, are you not, do you not understand? Are you trying not to understand? You know? So it's, it's, fr- it's frustrating. Yes. Yeah. But I think we no, have, and it, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, that's exactly what they're, what's coming out in the LA leftist scene right now. Just to exactly. tie into what you're saying. Like they're literally going, see, we've been telling you that yeah. they're, literal legislation is racist and that this is it can be displayed in what what their policies are and and now here's the tapes of them literally saying these racist things and just like undeniable proof like it's almost like all the local liberal media owes the leftist organizers an apology (laughs) it's like they've been gaslighting them for like who knows how long they've been trying to tell them that it's this way. And they've been telling them, no, you need to be respectful. You need to like, you know, have your, your procedure. You need to follow all the processes correctly because what you're doing is inappropriate. And it's like, no, that was an appropriate response to what they knew was true. And and now there's undeniable proof. We, Honestly, yeah. Like the LA Times owes most of the fucking organizers in Los Angeles an apology. I have something Just to say. Others okay. too, but yeah, go ahead. I gotta go. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us, Rick. Yeah, so, we do have to wrap it up, but I wanted to see right. what Brandon would say. Uh, I mean, check out Decolonize Buffalo. Thank you for joining us, Rick. But uh, I mean, and also just thank as you. a side note, for anyone Thanks, who has Rick. been listening to any of these and has not checked out the show notes, that like the show caption and subscribe to all the other podcasts that we link in there. Like you're definitely missing out. Like whoever's feed you're hearing this in, please subscribe to all the other podcasts because like there's a lot of good shit going on that you're probably missing if you haven't, but Brandon, what'd you have? Sorry. I, I was just going to say that this, like, but both what Rick uh, was, was saying as well. Um, it's sort of a testament to how you need to be involved with the communities that you're or- organizing with, like, because it's so easy to stereotype and have an idea of what like uh, an indigenous person looks like, what a homeless person looks like, what any group is that you're not familiar with. Like to say that, like uh, the ones that look homeless, it, it hides the fact like, like a lot, like, you know, a lot of us will recognize, but in general, people don't like the amount of people that experience homelessness, but are, uh, you know, it's temporary. It's short term. Uh, they're working while homeless, so they have to stay clean, and they find ways to do that. Like, I have never been homeless for significant amounts of time, but I've been homeless, and a lot of my friends have, and you learn tricks. Like, you get a gym membership because it's cheap, and you can use the showers, things like that. Like, you need to you need to be acquainted with the groups that you're working with. Like, because every one of the fucking homeless people in our city is a fucking person with a whole backstory 
and like there's reasons they are that way it's 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 a material analysis of an individual like they got to that point because of systemic reasons or personal reasons psychological reasons reasons whatever and you have to know that to some degree to be able to work with them and move forward and I don't know. I just anytime I hear something like that, where it's like, yeah, the 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 dirty ones. It's like, well, fuck you, first of all. But like, also like, learn the issue that you're actually fucking dealing with, because there's a lot more fucking to it than they're dirty. They must be homeless. Like, yep, yeah, hundred percent. Well, I uh, I wanted to wrap it up there. I mean, I I, the only other point I had to that was it you, Nick, that was saying that people need to be reeducated. It was yeah. weird that that like kind of sparked a thought in me that like maybe we wouldn't even need to do as much reeducation as we expect, and maybe it would just be a matter of removing the brainwashing media that is doing the educating now. 100%. Because I wonder how much of that vitriol would remain if people just had the Fox News and CNN removed from their lives. Like if those corporations would collapse in some future, you know, utopic vision of America that we have. I wonder how much of that would remain. If people just actually saw these people day to day, even doing like the organizing you're describing, and then didn't have the kind of literal two minutes of hate every night to like reiterate the the the, the disdain for other humans that they have, like you're saying, it's just I feel like that would go away, just like all the the hate for the other. It would just these fucking hashtags that people make just to hate on people. It's just I think their reeducation should just be they have to clean up the wall after we're done, and then they'll learn a big lesson. No, but I think I like that. I think it's a good point. And I'm sorry, I just got one more because I was out the day before at like a uh, another campaign and just having conversations with people on the streets. Right. And talking to some, you know, 62 year old woman working person. Right. And we were talking about how shitty the bank is because we were protesting like um, the one of the banks that's around here investing in like all the defense contractors. Right. So the campaign is called Stop Banking the Bomb. We're talking about like how banks, you know, just fuck working people all the time. And, you know, we're having a very like anti-capitalist conversation, you know, and then one of the points that this person brought up is just like, yeah, you know, like take care of our own people, you know what I mean? And it was like going in that direction. And it's just like, but just the the way you said, like the, the news media, and it's like this person has beautiful instincts, right? In terms of like loving people, but it's just that like, that saturation through the zeitgeist of like anti-immigrant talking points that comes through even on CNN, you know what I mean? It's not just Fox, you know, like it, they're very like other otherizing, even in, again, the, the quote, the most liberal, you know, news, mainstream news outlets and things like that. So I, just to your point, I think that that would go a long way if we could just cut that shit out, you know, because yeah. people's instincts are often good, you know? No, but only Russians are propagandized, man. <laughs> Jimmy had some. <laughs> also, the Chinese. Oh, of course, That's right. Of course. Um, Jimmy, did you have something? Because I was going to wrap it up there. No, I just you know thank y'all again for another good episode. This this is always uh, it's almost therapy. Yeah. That's the whole idea behind this. I mean, Everybody just brings something that they were pissed off about for the week, and then we talk about it. And I'm, I mentioned gaslighting. Like it, it's like we are all in a constant state of gaslighting um, with the neoliberal media. So it's just good to have, you know, all these pieces of media, all these podcasts, and you know, you know, like myself streaming and just knowing that, you know, there are people talking about these things and giving other people something so that. You know, they too can be validated and not, you know, perpetually gaslit. So, again, just thank you. Thank you all. Yeah, thank you guys all for joining us. I actually was kind of pissed we didn't get to any of the Seeing Red segment that I brought because I brought a whole bunch of, like, fucking infuriating comments from Reddit that I wanted to just go off on. But, fuck, I'll do a second one this week if you guys want to. Just hit me up. But, yeah, thank you guys again. This was another fun one. Can't wait to do it again. See you, comrades. See you, comrades.